Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am super excited to have Michelle with me here today. And Michelle is one of our Mindful Life Practice yoga teachers who is in all the way in Red Deer, Alberta. So pretty much like the other side of the world. I think it must be really early morning for you right now, right? Is it like 6 a.m.? Yeah, it is. It's just after 6 a.m. right now. Wow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for getting up early to, to do this interview. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, Michelle and I met um, when Michelle joined the Sober Curious Yoga Teacher Training um, earlier this year, and now she's teaching for the Mindful Life Practice, which is amazing. So we're going to uh, start off and learn a little bit about Michelle's yoga journey and then a little bit about her sober journey. So let's start off first with just kind of tell me a bit about yourself, you know, who you are and, and where you're from. Yeah, and so like you said, my name is Michelle and I live in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm originally from British Columbia, which is just one province to the West, Um, but we moved here when I was in junior high and I've stayed in Alberta. Lots of my family members have gone back to BC, well, back and forth, Um, but I really enjoy it here. We kind of have like a pretty settled life here, even though I would love to live on a beach somewhere, especially during as it starts to get colder one day. Um, but yeah, so I work Monday to Friday as an accounting manager for um, an oil and gas service company. And then I'm teaching yoga in the evenings. I'm also a chakra dance facilitator and um, I'm an artist as well. So I make wire sculptures and use gemstones in different types of art. So I didn't know that you made sculptures. That's beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're usually trees like wire trees. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so unique. Yeah. So tell me a bit about your yoga practice. How did you start practicing yoga? It's actually a really crazy story about starting to practice yoga. When I was pregnant with my daughter in 2000, so 20 years ago, um, I had always been very um, into cardio strength training. So I did really like hard physical workouts for at least two hours a day. And then I had some complications with my pregnancy. So I wasn't really allowed to participate in activities that I had previously. And my mom actually went and bought me like a Shiva Ray prenatal yoga DVD. Yeah. And so she brought that home and I started doing it and I really liked it. It was just a different way to build strength is what I thought of it, right? So, and it was really effective. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, But then after I had my daughter, I kind of got back into like a little bit more physical activities. And I did yoga off and on for quite a few years. But um, really, I think got back to a physical yoga practice in probably 2014, Um, When I, again, had injuries from, I used to play roller derby and it's a very physical, very rough sport. And so I hurt myself a lot. Um, And again, couldn't really participate in a lot of exercise. So my doctor suggested I start practicing yoga again. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I started just going to a couple of classes a week and I'd never practiced yoga in a studio before. So, because it was very few and far between here. So it was very interesting to take that from like a home VHS recorded practice to going into a yoga studio and practicing. It was obviously very different, but I really fell in love with it again. Wow. And so is there, you said there's like few yoga studios in Red Deer. Is there 
more now or like what's the what's the yoga community like there yeah there's quite a few yoga studios here now um and it's interesting how they like all just kind of propped up right like as people became more interested in yoga became more of um like a workout to people here so there is like probably in this area about eight different yoga studios yeah and the it's all within, I would say, the last like five years for sure. Most of them have opened. We always had a few, um, but yeah, it's there's quite a few, and there's a lot of little small communities around us as well. So they all have yoga studios. Wow. So it's great that so many people are practicing yoga. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And how big is Red Deer? I realize I don't even have a context for it. Like, what city is it in comparison to? So we've got about. Last time I heard, I think it was about 170 to 180,000 people here. Okay. Um, and when I first moved here, there was only like 65,000. So wow. it's grown like a lot in the last like 10 years. But yeah, it's it's right in between Calgary and Edmonton. And Calgary and Edmonton have grown so much over the last 10 years too. I couldn't even estimate how big they are. But it's it's a fair-sized city. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the like real hustle and bustle of a larger city like Toronto or Calgary or Edmonton. Like it's still a little bit quieter here. Okay. Um, yeah, I've never been to Alberta actually. You know, I realized a couple of years back when I was in Canada, I was like, you know, I've seen a lot of the world, but I haven't really seen my own country. And so I did do an East Canada road trip, but that alone took me a week and we were, we were driving, like we were driving 13 hours a day and we didn't even make it to the furthest East of Canada. I don't, I think me and my dad stopped at PEI and it was a full week of, of like 10 hour, 13 hour driving days. And so I have not really, I've flown to BC and I had a relative in Yukon, so I was in Yukon once when I was really young, but I haven't seen any of the inside, like uh, Saskatoon, Alberta. What else is in there? Manitoba? Yeah, Manitoba too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have to get out there when I'm in Canada. I'll have to do a trip. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our country is so vast, though. Like you said, I mean, taking a trip across Canada, you've got to plan weeks, right? It's a mission. It is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tell me, what kind of benefits did you experience from your yoga practice? Well, you know, like I said, I had originally just started practicing yoga just for the physical benefits of it, um, just to get that movement. So, of course, that's obviously um, a huge benefit of yoga. But then, like, learning how to use my body in different ways, right? So, it wasn't always about the hard and fast workouts or lifting heavy weights or, you know, like, basically damaging our bodies. It was learning how to um, develop those healthy physical movements in a way that was a little bit kinder to myself, right? So that was really an interesting aspect of it when I started to grasp that idea that, you know, like we don't have to be, what's a good word that I could use? We don't have to be so hard on our physical bodies or like so violent with ourselves, right? So when that started to change for me, that's when the mental benefits, mental and emotional benefits of yoga really came in. Um, And just, you know, willing to be present with yourself you know, like when you make that connection of the breath and your physical body and the movement, it's like something changes about it. And so, yeah, it was like really just that bringing in that sense of calm. And I always call it like, well, I used to always call it being like yoga stoned after a class where you're be, yes. be like, right. And so you feel your body do that. But then also like mentally, you know, your mind is just like, okay, now I feel so much better. So really I've always been a very 
like high strung and busy person. So it was hard for me to get into that idea of just settling in and being quiet and being with my physical body, right? Allowing it to be what it was. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you say yoga stoned because I used to say that too. And I think you're the first person I've ever heard who also uses that (laughs) phrase. Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. I would get it after hot yoga. You know, you come out and you're just like in a daze. Do you practice hot yoga? Um, I have practiced hot yoga off and on over the years. Um, And I I definitely don't um, like mind hot yoga, but for myself, I, it's a little bit too like aggressive for me. Like the yoga, hot yoga studios here there. That's not the kind of yoga I want to practice. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, lots of people love it and that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I was in love with it for years and I felt like I didn't get the same benefits being in a, a regular room. And the funny thing is then I came to the Middle East and they don't have hot yoga here because it's so hot. Oh. Like it doesn't sell very well. <laughs> um, and so I was forced to practice yoga in a regular room and I found that it was, I just had an attachment to the heat. And I think it was probably climate related thing. You know, Canada was so cold that I was like, you know, I like to be in the heat because I like to be warm and now I'm okay now that I'm somewhere hot. Um, yeah, totally. But okay. That was a bit of a tangent. Back to you. <laughs> what does yoga mean to you if you were to define it? What does yoga mean to me? When I saw that question on the list, I was like, oh. <laughs> there's so many different things, right? Um, I really think yoga for me is about like acceptance. That's what it what I think of when I think about yoga. So not just like on your mat during your physical practice, but, you know, just really living. This might be a little bit much for people that haven't taken a yoga teacher training, but, you know, incorporating like the eight limbs of yoga into like your life, right? Taking it off the mat. And whenever somebody says the word yoga to me, I automatically think of peace, right? Like inner peace for myself. So that's really to me what yoga is. So beautiful. I'm getting shivers. (laughs) So tell me about the journey to become a yoga teacher. What made you want to teach yoga? It was really when my yoga practice changed for me. Like I said, when you make that connection, it was just something that I became so passionate about, like seeing the benefits of it for myself, but then other students in classes with me, because we would have people of all different of like levels coming to classes and all different forms of bodies and um, injuries and the teacher like just working to make it accessible for everyone. And I had a really great teacher when I first started practicing in a studio. So she really like made everyone comfortable and made sure that everyone could do whatever it was that we were doing, right? So um, I started to really just like the idea of that, that we can all do this, right? We can all do this. It's beneficial for everyone. And then as soon as you see that in people where they make the connection that it's more than just a physical practice, like the first couple times I saw it, I got like so excited. And I'd be like, oh, you're one of us now, <laughs> right? So I really like that. And so I decided to learn a little bit more about yoga, really just for myself, you know, to take that yoga off the mat and into my life as well. Um, and so I signed up for a yoga teacher training and yeah, just wanted to share it with everyone, with as many people as I could. It's amazing. And I know what you mean by like when you find someone who just, I I said to my yoga teacher trainers recently, it's like, I finally found my people because it's like, you guys want to talk about like Satya and Himsa as much as me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) it's, It's really beautiful when people see beyond the asanas, like beyond the physical. Yeah. 
And, you know, I teach some um, community classes here for like the different counties in this area. And there's a lot of different like religious organizations here and mostly like Christian based. And some of them over the years have had a really like, I don't know, distorted view of what yoga is. Right. And so when I would start teaching the county, the people that would hire me would say like, okay, like don't talk about yoga philosophy and don't bring spiritual things into the class. Like they're just here for movement and that kind of stuff. But I always found that as the time went on in these series of classes, they would start asking questions Mm -hmm. about like, what does this mean? Or can you tell us a little bit about the idea of namaste? Because they'd all heard it. But in those classes, I wasn't supposed to say it, right? So they would start asking questions like that. So I find like, you just open yourself up to it and let it come. And that's when you find the people, right? Yeah, it's really great. So tell me, how do you work with yoga students today? I know you teach for us um, at the Mindful Life Practice. Do you teach in-person classes? Are they open in Red Deer? Yeah, we actually just reopened a couple weeks ago. And the studio that I teach at, we have kind of like a limited schedule right now just because it's summer and people here, like we only have three months. So a lot of people just get outside, but people are still really looking forward to yoga because we are closed so much for COVID. Um, So we just opened back up to our in-studio classes, but they're limited numbers, but we're also still doing all the classes on Zoom too. So we've given our students the option to either come to the studio or join us on Zoom. So yeah, it's really great actually when you think about how COVID has opened that up for people a little Mm -hmm. bit more. I think it's amazing because there's so many people that could not previously reach yoga. Um, You know, like if they have responsibilities at home, the commute, maybe it was like too intimidating to enter a studio. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's like, I always want to do classes with my teacher who's in LA. So literally on the other side of the world. And for the first time I can do them with him and it's amazing. And so I just think the world has made us think innovatively and it's connected, brought so many people together, like brought us together it's really cool. Yeah, it's great. And so many people that would have never tried yoga. Like, I, I find it amazing now how many people are doing Zoom classes. So, it, like, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing myself on video, but that's <laughs> a <laughs> So, what advice would you give for someone who is curious about starting a yoga practice? I would definitely say whether you're going to start at home or you're going to start going to a studio, just really starting out without any expectations about what it's going to be like for you, right? Or like what your abilities are going to be. And most teachers now really teach really accessible yoga. So there's always lots of different options, but I would say definitely don't start with a power flow class, you know, maybe look for more of a beginner type class. Um, And really, I mean, it just, just do it. Just take that first step to do it. And you don't need anything to do it, right? You can throw a blanket or a towel on the floor if you need to. Like, just do it. I know it can be so scary and so intimidating, but the benefits that you'll get from it are just absolutely, like, there's nothing that compares to me. There's nothing that compares to it. Yeah. So true. No, I completely agree. All right, let's shift now and let's talk a little bit about your sober journey. So Michelle joined us with the Sober Curious Yoga Teacher Training. Um, So we met in the spring. Um, And I was wondering if you could give me a bit of context into, you know, what was your relationship with alcohol like before um, joining that program? Yeah, I would say, you know, I started drinking at a pretty young age around here. 
it was something that just everybody did like in high school in junior high we would all go hang out at parties and stuff and that's when everybody here really started drinking and it was almost like you know like one of those rite of passages and everyone did it and we just drank socially for a number of years but alcohol is really involved in almost every aspect of our lives here like every social gathering every family event it doesn't matter if it was a funeral or a wedding or yeah. um, like graduations even going out for dinner right barbecues everything revolved around drinking um and it was something that like most of us don't even think about right it's just part of our lives but i found like once covid happened and I wasn't working, I was at home all the time. It just became like really excessive for me where it wasn't a social thing because I wasn't going out, right? So I was just like sitting at home drinking by myself, right. really just because I had nothing else to do, right? And during COVID, there was no rules, so it was okay. You know, we made everything acceptable. So yeah, it's at that point, it really changed from a social thing for me to like, this is how I'm going to get through the day. Yeah. Was it that made you wanted to stop? I mean, I think when you start drinking excessively, you'll always find ways to make excuses for it. Again, to make it accessible or, or to yeah. make it acceptable. Um, but then, I mean, we all know better. But when I started to like really feel physical effects from it, you know, like I couldn't get up in the morning and I was so tired all the time. And like, I looked really bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, oh my God, like what has happened? Yeah, it was... I don't know. And, you know, not remembering things, that really yeah. bothered me. Even though I was just at home, right? Or if it was just me and my husband or me and my mom or, you know, we weren't out doing things that we would regret the next morning. But still, like, those missing pieces, yeah. I was really, like, struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you wake up and for myself, it was like anxiety of like not being able to remember everything that happened and what did I say? What did he say? Like is yeah. this person upset with me? Like you just, it's stressful. Yeah. Like I'd be scared to check my text messages in the morning. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I hope I didn't share that or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, I never would have imagined that like in my mid forties that this would be something that I would be struggling with. Right. Or like how that was like, Oh my God, what did I say? Who would have, who have ever, ever imagined that that's what they're going to be. Right. Like with everyone, like no one starts drinking ever planning to like drink every night or to have an issue with it. And it just, it's the nature of alcohol. It just creeps up on you and you don't realize like until you've stepped away from it and you look back, you don't see how that progress has happened over time. Yeah. And it, it can be like a really slow evolution, like uh, after all of those years of just social drinking and then all of a sudden right? Everything just, it's just right now. Or maybe it's something that you do fall into fully and completely right away, right? I think it's one of those things that's different for all of us that mm. way. I have a question for you. When I look back on my yoga teaching period, when my drinking was heaviest, it felt a bit like I wasn't being an authentic yoga teacher. Mm. And I really noticed a difference when I quit drinking. And I just thought of that right now. And I was wondering, do you relate to that at all? Did you feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And you know, like, I've always been like, I consider myself like not the best yogi only because like even during my yoga teacher training, there'd be a lot of, you know, the yogis who are very strict yogic lifestyles and they're vegetarians and they don't put anything bad into their bodies. And I would be like out smoking cigarettes and drinking wine after my yoga teacher training, you know, so like a very, and eating meat, right? A very different like um, 
take on what they all thought was acceptable as a yoga teacher. So to me, I always felt like, um, like you are not any more of a yoga or a yogi than I am just because we make those different choices. Right. But then once I really started teaching, I felt like while we're practicing this, what I now consider to be like more of a spiritual practice, um, and that connecting to the body, like you can't connect to your body if you're filling it with alcohol all the time, right? You're numbing yourself, you're not feeling it. And so then when I would get up and teach a class, I wasn't feeling it either, right? It's like a totally, it's like a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Yeah. And I really did feel like you know, before I found the sober curious yoga training, um, that I wasn't being authentic, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, we're not, I would never say like, you need to stop drinking to anyone. I would never say that to anyone. If I'm up here and trying to get you to have a healthy lifestyle while I'm doing this yeah. at home, yeah, it just, you're right, that inauthenticity, people feel it and maybe see yeah. it, right? And you know what happened for me in my last year of drinking alcohol, the attendance in my classes was like one person or no one was there. So interesting. And it was like, I feel like, and I didn't, I didn't sense it at the time and I switched to a different studio. And so things were different. But by the time I, I got into my sobriety, I just feel like I had like more of an energy of probably what you described as being, which is just like peace, you know? And so that was what was coming out of me, whether I was like, conscious of it or not it's just a a different sense of peace with myself yeah absolutely yeah I totally agree and so tell me about what was your experience like doing doing the sober curious yoga teacher training I think it was really cool actually and because I had been looking for a couple months of like ways tools to help me stop drinking right um and I knew it wasn't something that I would be able to do by myself but I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of like going to AA and stuff like that. Cause I'd done quite a bit of research about it and actually read like every book about it. And I just wasn't um, like an environment that I felt comfortable in. So one day the sober curious yoga teacher training thing just popped up on my computer when I was searching for something wow. and right away I signed up for it. And really like, I just did it like for myself, right. Wow. As a way to like, how can I incorporate yoga into this journey of sobriety? So, um, yeah, I thought it was, I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. Like our first class, I was quite scared because I had no idea what to expect and we're with people from all over the world, right? But it was really great. It was really great to know that it wasn't just me, first of all, right? That other people have gone through this or going through this. And then just the just the community that we created in that little group, like it was so great and our weekly check-ins and, you know, like learning about each other and learning different tools from each other was really amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was really great. Oh, I miss that group <laughs> yeah. to get together. And how long on along your sobriety are you now? Oh, like I just started right when we started the, tra- yeah. the training, right? So, and even in May, the first month, um, I still drank like on the weekends sometimes, right? I was trying yeah. to like work myself into this. Yeah. I had a really hard time with the idea of I'm never going to drink again. Right. I couldn't wrap my head around that. And so like, you know, it eventually of course got better. Right. Yeah. It eventually does, but it was a big um, change and not really like a huge change in my lifestyle because I'm still doing all the things I did before. It was just like, how am I going to um, adapt in the situation now without alcohol? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, it hasn't been a long time. Like and I just see before months. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. I wasn't comfortable teaching the sober care or the sober curious yoga school because I am not that comfortable with it. Yeah. My own sobriety. Yeah. So that's amazing. And, and really it is the early days that are the hardest. Like once you get, I was actually chatting with Matt this morning about this and we were saying, you know, once you have like a hundred days under your belt, it just gets mm. easier, but it's just getting up to it. And so you're doing amazing. Yeah. You should Thank be you. proud of a couple of months. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So, and you know, it's, it's funny because that idea of like I couldn't accept the the fact that I would never drink again just because it had been such a big part of our lives for so long. And I have like these weddings coming up over the summer. And even like I posted in our group that I was going golfing for the first time this year and I'd never gone golfing and not drank before in my life. And I was really, really worked up about it. But then I found out that in my group, that I was golfing with the, one of the other ladies was also alcohol free. So she like was like, I'll bring drinks for us like Amazing. to drink instead of alcohol and whatever. And I really made a point of like telling people before, like yeah. I'm not drinking. Right. Cause I went to an event once in this, in June and then 15 minutes, the same person asked me if I wanted to drink four times. Wow. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm not drinking right now. Right. Like I already told you I'm not drinking. So really it was that idea of it okay, how am I going to make it through this event without drinking? Or like, how am I going to make it through this week without drinking? I literally got to some points where I was like, how am I going to make it through this hour without drinking? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a hard thing. It's not easy. So what, what tools did you use? Like in those moments when you were struggling, how did you manage through them? Well, really, I mean, it was just for me about being prepared, right? Yeah. I think especially the first couple times that you do something that you always did that involved alcohol, it's really, it's really intimidating, right? But so I would just be prepared. I always made sure that I, and maybe not everyone's going to be comfortable doing this, but I told everyone beforehand, no matter what it was, like I'm not drinking right now. So I'll bring my, my own drinks or whatever, right? I think really being able to Maybe not even to say like, oh, I have a problem with this. It's like, I'm just taking a break from this for a while, right? So not having to explain myself so much and not having to explain myself in the situation with a group of people, right? Because that can be awkward and uncomfortable. And maybe you don't want to share it with everybody that's there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just making sure that I was prepared for how I was going to handle it or how I was going to react when people started asking questions. And then also like really instead of coming home and drinking after work today, what am I going to do instead? Right? Like I had to have something that I was going to do instead. So really I started um, making more trees and stuff at night um, after work, just because I needed that outlet of something to do. And that's, I think, important to find too, whether it's yoga or some form of art or even going for a walk or I walked the dogs a lot more too, right? When I was looking for other things to do, but yeah, it's, I would find like whenever it was getting really bad for me, I had to separate myself from the situation, even if I was at home by myself, right? And I would just go in the bathroom and just take some deep breaths or, you know, if I was driving and I was going past the liquor store, I used to always stop stop at, I'd just breathe the whole way past it. It's like, yeah. I don't need to stop at the liquor store today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like self-talk and breathing is a great example, like just kind of drawing in mindfulness and, and knowing yeah. that it will pass, but... Yeah, absolutely. And I think really like, you know, when you're using that breath in that situation, first of all, like you automatically calm yourself down, but then you give your, 
your mind the space, right? To say, mm-hmm. this is stopping here is just a habit. I don't need, I actually don't need to stop here today, right? Yeah. Rather than talking yourself into it, just let yourself get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what advice would you give to someone who wants to quit drinking? I really think the most important part of it is like finding support. Because for so lots of us, it's not something that we're going to be able to do by ourselves, right? Like, especially if you aren't just drinking in social situations, if you're coming home and drinking and you're doing it by yourself, you need to be able to tell someone that, right? That, And I, I remember talking to one of my friends when my husband was going to be away at work for the week and I was actually like quite scared because if he's not home, there's no one stopping me right. from stopping at the liquor store. So I said to her when I had seen her, I'm like, I might need to call you this week. And like, I don't know, you can come over, I can come over here or whatever, just so I don't go buy drinks, right? So, and she was like, yeah, of course. So you got to find those people that you're comfortable sharing it with. And whether that's family members or a community like Sober Curious Yoga, right? Maybe AA is something that'll work for you. I don't know. But yeah, you definitely need to accept the fact that you probably aren't going to be able to do it alone and you're going to need somebody to help you. Yeah. And that's such good advice because I, I tried to do it alone. I lasted like a week. (laughs) Yeah. It really, really, there's strength in numbers, as you described, just knowing that you're not the person, the only person having this struggle and that there's others out there like that just changes everything. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I found that everybody that I've talked to about it has been really responsive, but then like I've, I was always a drinker, right. And I was a big drinker. Like I would out drink most grown men when we would go to these social events and stuff. So it wasn't like, I never kept it a secret. And when it started to become a problem, it wasn't something that I really kept a secret either. I mean, I wasn't proud of it, but I was like, everyone knew that it was happening. And when I started telling them that I needed to stop drinking or they would see me with like um, the alcohol-free drinks and even alcohol-free beer. I don't even like beer, but I would drink the alcohol-free stuff just you know, for that fear of missing out, I would drink it anyway. But they were all very receptive and very accepting of it. And like, how can we help you? Right. So I was very fortunate that way. Yeah. And that helps a lot. Like if you have a community around you that, that can support you and encourage you rather than, uh, I I know I hear of a lot of people's friends who discourage them or put them down. That helps a lot. Yeah. Or like, how are we going to have fun now? Right. Like that's their idea. You know, like you can't just have one. It's like, no, I can't just have one. That's why I can't have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, it was really wonderful to have you. And I really appreciate your vulnerability with the sober, the sober journey. I think it's going to inspire and, and touch a lot of people that are exploring the journey for themselves. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. And it was really nice to get some time to actually sit down and chat with you because I've always only seen you in uh, group settings. So this is really fun. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Take care, Michelle, and I'll see you soon. Later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.